Gets outside. He's got speed. 40, 50. Charles down the sideline. I don't think I caught him Houdini yet, but that's what he is. A speed man to the five and a touchdown for Todd Griffin. And it was all speed. Touchdown, Taylor This is the Oregon Spring Football Podcast. Here's your host, Chase Morgan. Hello again and welcome to Episode 2 of the Oregon Spring Football Podcast. And we're inching closer and closer to the spring game on Saturday, April 30th at 11 a.m. from Autzen Stadium where you'll get the first opportunity to see the 2016 edition of Oregon football. If you're not able to go or you just want to hear the friendly voices of Jerry, Jorge, Terry, and Joey as they talk about the team while you're watching, we've got you covered on the radio side of things beginning at 10 a.m. with a one-hour pregame show that leads into the 11 a.m. kickoff of the spring game. And we'll have the full coverage of that on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. So last week, we focused on some of the new faces on this Oregon team, mainly on the offensive side of the ball with, of course, the transfer quarterback, Dakota Prukop, and offensive passing game coordinator and quarterbacks coach, David Yost. This week, you'll hear from offensive coordinator, Matt Lubick, who steps into the position for the departed Scott Frost. But before we get to that, we'll focus on the defense, which was considered by many to be the chink in the arm last season. Hard not to disagree after squandering a 31-0 halftime lead against TCU in the Alamo Bowl. I know, I know, bad memories, but the facts can't be ignored. The Ducks defense surrendered a school record 37 and a half points per game last season, and that's why former Michigan head coach Brady Hoke was introduced as the new defensive coordinator back on January 16th, just a couple weeks after that Alamo Bowl loss. Former defensive coordinator Don Pelham remains on the staff, but Hoke brings in a completely new 4-3 defensive scheme that will be installed in these 15 spring practices. Reporters caught up with Hoke after practice to see how the transition was going. Well, we got a lot to get better at. You know, we've got a great staff. I really like how the coaches, but terminology and just the whole one gap, you know, instead of two gapping and getting up the field. Uh, we've got, you know, a lot of a lot of work ahead of us. Uh, you know, the kids have been receptive, but at the same time, we all got to get better. Do you feel like you have the bodies to do the 4-3? Is there a lot of you know, alignment th- you like? It, well, I think right now it's too early to say. I mean, there's some length, which is good. Um, there's some athleticism, which is good. But, you know, um, you play the game, you have pads on. And it's a physical game, and it's got to be physical up front. You know, you've got to hear football. And uh, I told them today I didn't hear football. They really feel like your your loud voice has kind of created the intensity that they maybe need on the field. How have you seen them respond to you in the past two weeks? Well, the kids have been great. You know, we're trying to hold each other accountable for everything. And, you know, um, what really when we become what we want to become, it's their voices. It won't be mine. So uh, it's a transition and learning for everybody. Also a transition for you settling into that, that D.C. role. How is it going for you so far? Oh, this it's spring? fun. I mean, we got a great staff, and it's fun, and I love defense, and that's, uh, you know, where my heart's always been, so it's been good. 
Talking with the coaches, they also say you've made some necessary changes that, that this program needs, especially after last season. What changes were you trying to make in your first few, few months here? You know, I'm just being who I am as a coach, to be honest with you. You know, we expect us to get better every day uh, as coaches. If we're not more competitive than uh, the coaches at SC, then we're making a, uh, a mistake. So, you know, I think just the uh, work ethic the guys have shown and what we've done, uh, you know, there's a lot of positives, but we're still not the kind of team that we need to be. You said you're going to go in without any preconceived notions on the players. Has a few players jumped at it at all? You know, I, I think that would be unfair for me to say that right now until we get a little further along because, you know, just like everybody else, some people learn faster than others, and we've got to do a good job of uh, making sure we're not – Good question. <laughs> Making sure we're not doing too uh, too much, you know, for, for the players. Don really didn't have a playbook. They did a lot of their stuff on Huddle, and the guys are sort of comparing your playbook to, like, a Harry Potter book. Have you gotten mm. much feedback from the guys about your, your playbook? Well, the number one, my skills and technology aren't very good. So I need paper, and I need to see things that way. But... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, believe me, there's a ton of defense we could run and put in, but we've got to be smart enough as coaches not to over, uh, you know, have so much in that from a mental standpoint, they can't play the way we want them to play. How much do you have to get in this spring? We've got to get a little bit more of our sub package in and a little bit more in the red zone. I wish I'd have had a little more for today in the red zone. But those are two things that I know we need to, you know, from a base front, four down linemen, three linebackers, four guys in the back end, we've, we've got almost what we need to have. Coach Ken Kamatule came here with a lot of expectations. He said the other day that he's really excited to play in your defense because he thinks it might turn him loose. How do you see him fitting in your scheme? And what well, I think, you know, from a physical standpoint and what he looks like, um, he should be a guy who can play a three or a five in there. Uh, the one thing right now that's held him back is, you know, he's been beat up a little bit. And like I've told all of them, if, you, if you're not out there, you can't be evaluated. If you're not evaluated, you can't play. So hopefully he'll get back on Monday, and that will be because um, he needs to progress a lot. The guys have talked a lot about the energy you bring to practice and an extensive intensity. What, what do you try and – get out at a practice field and what do you what's your coaching style out there well there's a lot of honesty um and you know we told them that you know if uh, we're gonna we're gonna coach you hard and but we're gonna be consistent every day in what we're do- doing and you know personally getting out on the field is my funnest time being with those kids every day now mrs hoke doesn't like that but that really is being with those guys and help them grow in a lot of different ways but you know from the football aspect you can't play the game if you don't have energy i don't know how you could coach it if you don't have energy to rodney prevo said you had swag do you feel like you have some swag i have no swag (laughs) believe me you'll find that out the secondary took their lumps last year and they were very young what have you seen from that personnel group so far well i think they they are young in in some uh, regards there's some guys who have played a lot of snaps who they've got to set um 
they really are the ones who have to, you know, set the tempo every day. And, you know, we're, we're pushing those guys to do that because once they start doing it, then we'll be pretty good. I, I just think, you know, we, we're a long way from being the kind of defense that we could even imagine to be. Did Everywhere. You, did you kind of compromise with Helfrich on getting some of the looks you want that are, are different? You know, he's that? been great. Yeah. He really has. Uh, um, it, it's really, you know, he, he knows that it's a whole culture and mentality, you know, of being an up-the-field defense and uh, aggressive, you know, and angry, you know, uh, uh, how we, how we want to play. And so he understands that part. You know, once in a while he'll want me to – back it off and, and that's only fair we got three new quarterbacks right young we got three new offensive linemen so we got to be smart the give and take that way how would you assess jimmy swain and his role within your defense right now? you know i i really don't want to talk about any of them right now because i don't think that's fair to the guys playing behind them you know I, I think jimmy's a great kid we'll see what kind of football player and that's that's for all of them okay so don't don't take that like i'm being a jerk, I'm not. I just, it's too early because I can be a jerk. <laughs> but Is it easier switching base front seven offenses when you have five starters from last year gone? Essentially, everyone's kind of new. Uh, it's a good question. I think there's some guys who just joined us who really didn't play two gap, who played one gap in high school. And you can see that a little bit, you know, that, you know, they're, they don't have to go change what they've kind of learned. I mean, they do, but far, far as two-gap schemes, yeah, there's a little bit of that. What have you liked about the Eugene area so far? <laughs> there's a great building. we got great fields. we got a great staff. And that's about where I've been. So, and the residence inn is great. That's a great hotel. Hoke having some fun there, along with the comparison earlier with his playbook to Harry Potter. But nothing gets better in football by magic, and Hoke isn't the only one responsible for shaping this defense to improve in 2016. Entering his fourth year with Oregon, defensive line coach Ron Aiken showed his excitement about the group of players he's working with to help implement Hoke's new 4-3 defense when talking with the media. Yeah, I think we've got a good nucleus of guys to work with, you know. And the key thing has been moving those outside linebackers down to rush in. And I think those guys are going to help us a lot being closer to the ball. When it is a pass set, they can get after the quarterback faster. Defoe was so good last year. Do you feel like his legacy has carried over to some of the young guys that got to be around? You know, I've asked DeForest to talk to a couple of guys, do a little one-on-one talk as far as, you know, what they need to do as far as being committed and understanding that the technique that we use is important. Defoe has done that, and uh, I think it's going to help our guys. Yeah. And Balducci was another guy who had a great career, maybe a little overshadowed by Defoe. How is Rex doing and some of those guys trying to re- replace that middle? You know, Alex is a guy that did a great job using up blocks for us, and uh, we'll, ha- we'll get the same thing from Rex, from Austin, from Gary Baker and those guys at the nose position. And uh, going to one gap will really help them. But I've also asked Alex to talk to some guys, you know. And uh, those guys can really help our young guys out and give them a little encouragement. 
And both of those guys wish they had the opportunity to play in a one gap. But they're gone and they've graduated. So the other guys are excited about it, though. What's the dynamic been like with Brady Hoke and all his head coaching experience and trying to focus all that on improving the defense? I think it's been a plus. You know, we're going to continue with Brady to feed our guys more and more every single week. And uh, I think our guys understand the intensity that we want. Coach, you know, switching to a 4-3, a lot of it is made of it, but really you had 4-3 packages before. How much difference will Duck fans see in this defense this year? But with this 4-3 package, it's really different guys playing different positions. So it's going to allow us to be a little bit more aggressive, a little bit more aggressive. And it's always, well, you know, last year when we were in a certain defense that was similar to a 4-3, there was one guy that was still marrow-stepping that was playing two gaps. In, In this scheme, everybody were attacking. The four guys up front are all attacking. Nobody is allowed to play two gap. They're playing all one gap, and that makes a huge difference. Yeah. Is it a more difficult or an easier alignment for, for the front guys to learn? Well, it's a little bit easier for our guys to learn because everybody's attacking. Nobody is in a square stance, mirror stepping. In terms of, uh, you got a lot of kind of reinforcements. Guys moved from line, well, got moved up the line mm-hmm. from linebacker. You even got an offensive lineman, uh, Elijah George, moved Elijah over. Elijah George. Um, how did all those movements come about? Uh, did, how did the decision come as a staff to do that? Well, you know, we sit down, we talk about guys, we look at the board, and, uh, you know, Coach Halfridge makes the final decision. Elijah George, um, coming from the offensive line, how is he coming along? What are you seeing out of that guy so far in four, four practices? He's physical. And uh, he comes across the line of scrimmage when he's on the balls of his feet. Now, there's some other things that we got to tie in with that. You know, the proper technique, how to use your hands, and what gap you've got. Do you feel that you've got all the bodies and personnel you need to be a, a strong and off defensive line, or even perhaps better than last year? Well, you know, I, I think there's room for improvement as far as what we're doing right now. But when you compare it uh, last year, groups to this group, We've got a good group this year, but, you know, we haven't replaced DeForest Buckner or Alex. So those guys are good football players, and we've got some good football players right now on the defensive line. But, you know, those guys are not at that standard yet. In terms of leadership, uh, who, who, is gonna be, who are going to be the leaders on the well, defensive line this year? It appears, you know, based on what guys are doing, because we're evaluating everything every single day, including who can lead us. And it appears to be that Henry Mondu is doing a good job. Okay, to Rodney is stepping up and helping us. T.J. Daniels has also stepped up and is doing a good job as far as leading right now and encouraging the guys. Justin Hollins has done a good job right now. He's trying to step up and be a leader. So, you know, it's one day at a time, and what we're trying to do is get the most out of them every single day. And the guys have got to realize, and they have realized this, that every day is a competition day. And so if you're not competing and running to the ball, we make changes. So that helps. You mentioned Alex and DeForest. Is it going to be tougher to replace them physically or mentally and experience-wise? Mentally and physically. Because, you know, those guys were seasoned veterans. And, um, but, you know, they played in a two-gap system the majority of the time. So, you know, these guys are going to play a little bit in a one-gap system. So uh, when you got players like DeForest Buckner and Alex Balducci, you're going to miss those guys. Talk about what the defense 
does and what it allows them to do and how much more they enjoy it. What does it do to the offensive line? What do they have to deal with now? What makes it more difficult for them? If we come across the line of scrimmage in our stance, you know, we're on the balls of our feet. We're not flat-footed, and it allows us to attack the line of scrimmage more. And we're, we're playing a one-gap system, but we're attacking the line of scrimmage as a defensive line, and that can create havoc because the offensive lineman possibly could get knocked back if we do our job and come across the line of scrimmage. So you're not reacting as much to what they're doing. You're making them react to what you're doing. We're Initially, we're attacking the line of scrimmage. Then we're reacting. That's the key. I feel like you have the versatility you had last year with Forrest and Balducci and Talia could play different, different spots. Those two names right there now are, are guys that were veteran players, you know. So I, I think we're going to have some guys step up. But, you know, we're still looking for those guys right now. We know about Henry Mondu. He plays with a great motor. And so, you know, we're still trying to find guys. But DeForest and Alex, those are special guys. And we've got some guys that are going to step up, but they're not there yet. Understandably so, the defense will work in progress. That's the case when you bring in a new coordinator with a new system. On offense, though, the Ducks lost Scott Frost, who took the head coaching position at UCF, but a familiar face replaces him in Matt Lubick. As he takes over as offensive coordinator, don't expect much to change from a unit that ranked fifth in both scoring and total offense. As Lubick met with reporters, it's a matter of addressing the big elephant in the room— which, of course, is the quarterback position. Uh, we stay all, all three of those guys. Well, actually, five, we have five guys. Um, we're trying to give the new guys the majority of the reps. Uh, each day they all get better. Today was an install day, so install days are hard on those guys because it's a, right when they start figuring out the stuff that we're doing, we add a whole bunch of more plays to them, and uh, they have to think. And so tomorrow will be even better than today, but... Well, we've tried to reassure those guys, and really our whole offense is we're putting in more offense now than we'd ever carry into a game plan. And into a game plan, we're going to, with the package we got in now, we probably cut it down to 25%. And so it's, hard, it's harder on those guys because they're, they're thinking about, especially the new guys, they're thinking about 100 different things and not reacting. But they're getting better each rep. And uh, I love their attitude. They're doing a whole bunch of things on their own to be successful. And as coaches, that's all we can ask. Seems to be somebody who's a spring standout. I remember it was Royce Freeman two springs ago, and then Taj Griffin. Who's kind of standing out to you right now? Spring standout on offense. Uh, we got we got a couple of guys. Um, Darren Carrington and Charles Nelson are uh, are practicing like champions, and it, which has been awesome because that's that's what we need on offense is some leadership. We've lost some pretty good leaders, and so those guys are setting the standard by how hard they're practicing. They're making a lot of plays in doing so. Um, Royce, I don't want to ever take him for granted because he comes to practice every day and practices like a champion. Practice, takes, he takes every rep to win and get better. And so that makes our young guys better. Um, you know, all, all, all the tight ends are healthy now and are, and are competing. And I really like a lot of our young offensive linemen. They're, they're all doing some great things. Uh, our center, um, I got a mind block on our center's name. Oh, Jake. Jake, is, out of all those guys, Jake has been 
maybe a step ahead of those guys. And and just from the simple standpoint, he, he's just a little more aggressive right now than some of the other guys. So I've been really happy with him, but they're all doing some good things. But Jake Hansen has jumped out to me as being a great player. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't want to name the whole offense, but those, those, those guys in particular have jumped out at me. So Jake has a step ahead to, the, to win the starting center job? Well, he's definitely doing some good things to compete for it, and which is it's such a challenging and it's a hard thing to do as a freshman. But uh, he, he's taking advantage of every rep, and he, he it's obvious he's doing a ton of things off the field to have the success he's doing on the field. But, yeah, like I was saying earlier, really happy with what he's doing. How important is that to have your center being a step ahead of everybody, being the quarterback of the offensive line? It's huge. It's huge. He, he makes a ton of calls in our offense. Um, our center here has always been a leader by on and off the field. And, uh, you know, that's where everything starts. And so him kind of competing and trying to win that position has made our football team better. I know Alex Obadile is a little banged up, but it's obviously his second spring came early. What do you see when you're able to see him on the field, kind of second spring compared to first for him after not playing? Sure. Year? You know, it, like he, we're holding him out this spring, um, so that's hard. But what he's doing, he, he's doing everything he, he can do to, to stay in the, to stay, keep his mind in it. So he's... He pays attention in every meeting. Um, he gets out there early. We always talk about getting mental reps, and it's, as a coach, how we define mental reps is when you're not in there, your head's in the game. Mm-hmm. And and I'm always, all our coaches are constantly looking around to see, hey, is, is that guy paying attention when he's not in? And he's the guy that always does that. And so I'm hoping that's going to pay off for him when he does get back on the field and he is healthy. Cool. How do you see Travis uh, Johnson progressing this week? Uh, well, he's, he's a lot better for a whole bunch of reasons. One, you know, he was limited in what he could do last year because he had the foot surgery. And he's done a ton of stuff on his own, throwing with guys, building route chemistry, um, throwing things on time and knowing where to throw it. So he's way better than he's been. You're talking about guys that uh, were impressing you earlier. Who are some guys that maybe you need to step up a little bit more that haven't been, you know, what you, what you really Yeah, I don't to. want to single anybody out. You know, that's part of coaching, though, is you, everyone should step up. Even the guys that I mentioned that are doing good things, they can all do something better. And that's, you know, as coaches, it's, it's, it's pretty simple. We're going to tell them when they're doing it right and how to fix what they're doing wrong. And it, it, it applies to everybody. And so and we, we address each guy, you know, individually and in our offense as a whole in those same same realms of coaching. But, uh, you know, I'll talk from an offensive standpoint today. Today we had a competition day and the defense beat us. They had just out at the end. So as an offense, we got to take that personal and our whole offense needs to step up. And, you know, we don't compete against our defense. We compete for our defense. So the harder we compete, we make them better and vice versa. And uh, now that we had a great attitude and competitiveness in practice today that was, it was fun to be around. Speaking of defense, you're seeing a different defense now a little bit, right? And, how, and what, sure. do you think of, what do sure. you think of your impressions? Of- uh, I think there's a lot of energy. Um, they're, they're making us have answers. And which, which is great as an offense because that, that's the whole thing. It, it doesn't matter how much offense you have. You have to have answers for what the defense does. And they're making us do that. And so each, each day they're making us better and they're making us think. And they're playing hard. And so, again, the harder they play, the, the harder we have to play to match their intensity. And so it's, it's been fun. Win-win. Huh? Win-win. Lubick touching on a lot of things there, including the offensive line, some potential leaders stepping up in practice as well. In the second part of Lubick's meeting with the media, he focuses more on playmakers at wideout, but of course, the ever-pressing question mark at quarterback, 
takes center stage. Pretty early, obviously, but can you talk a little bit about how Dakota's maybe doing chemistry-wise with the receivers and if that's progressing well or something that you'd like sure. to Sure. You know, him and, and the other new quarterbacks, they've all been embraced by the rest of the, the team. And, you know, same thing happened with Vernon last year because that was a question that came up all the time is how is he going to get chemistry? He's only here for a week. Well, you know, our, our team wants to win, and whoever's back there, it doesn't matter. We're going we're gonna to try to win. And so sometimes that chemistry deal is a little bit overrated. You know, what's more important for the quarterbacks is just understand the offense and the timing of the throws, knowing where to throw and how to get it out. Um, and that's coming. And that, that's, that's going to keep getting better with the more reps. And they're a lot better. What, what was today's practice? Four or five? I lose track. Five. Yeah, they're a lot better day five than they were day one. And that's going to keep getting better. But I've been really proud of our team. And it happened last year with Vernon is, Whoever's out there, whether it's Jeff, whether it's Vernon, whether it's Dakota, whether it's Travis, whether it's Terry, we want to win. You know, it's like any other position. The quarterback gets a lot more publicity, but, I mean, we're going to play the guy because it's the best chance to win at the end of the day, and everyone else knows that. And so it's, like I said, the chemistry deal, it's more of a, a timing thing that's going to get better with each rep. Do you see him uh, working with anyone in particular, like on the team, uh, that's maybe taking him aside to help him get the concepts a little bit sure. more? There, well, you know, he's doing it. Obviously, in practice, you see him throwing to the design plays that we uh, draw up. But, you know, off the field, you can tell that all those guys have spent a, a lot of time throwing individual routes. And we're not allowed to be out there for that, but it shows on the field. You can tell who did the work and, and who didn't do the work. What were your first impressions of uh, Dwayne Benjamin? And do you see him having a role on this team? Um, I do. Well, I hear Dwayne. You know, I, got a lot of, I don't know Dwayne that well. I, I got a lot of respect for Dwayne, obviously, and, and the basketball team. Um, you know, he's, I think he's kind of up in the air right now what he's going to do. He has some basketball options. Um, football's not an easy game. and we're, we're pretty talented at the wide receiver spot. Uh, you know, so it's, it's really hard to say what, what he can do and if he could help us. Um, but I know right now he's, he, he's not settled on what he's going to do. He might go play overseas basketball. I, I don't know that. Um, but I know I'm, I'm pretty excited about the guys we do got. And to, if, if someone from outside in was, was going to come in and play in this at our skill where we're a little deeper than we've been in the past, you got to be pretty darn good. Um, that's not easy. Uh, Jonathan Lloyd was such a special exception, and he did a lot of things on his own and came out earlier to prep himself to play. And it takes a tremendous mindset. And it takes a lot of athletic ability. Um, you know, I, I've always thought it was kind of interesting, whether it's a five-star recruit or someone that just comes out it gets a lot of media attention when they haven't done anything. And uh, if, they, if they do things, and they deserve all the media attention they get. But until you actually do something, um, that's one of the things I never really understood about football, why there's so much media attention around that. Is Travis legitimately competing to be the guy, Travis Johnson? Sure. Sure, he what is. Do you, yeah, what do you see in him? Uh, well, a ton of improvement. Um, better presence, mm -hmm. you know, a command of the offense, mm -hmm. taking charge, just in his demeanor and his voice command of knowing what to do with the ball. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, he's getting better every day. Again, but he's Travis hasn't been here a long time either. Mm -hmm. And so this is really his first, he's basically a freshman. This is the first time he's getting actual game reps. Um, so, like, he, and he's going to get better each day. And he, and he has. I, I've loved his attitude and the way he's competing. We have Stanford care. Excuse me. Stan working on a throwing motion a little bit. How's this throwing? Better, motion? better. He's more accurate than he's ever been. Yep. And then you can tell he's done a lot of stuff off the field in the off season to improve. We have Stanford Carrington coming back. A lot of guys coming back. Is Charles Nelson basically Braylon Addison's spot? And who are 
What is, is there another tier beyond, behind that? Or are you comfortable even saying that behind those guys that are coming back? Uh, well, you know, the, the unique thing about Charles is we can do a ton of things with him. So we can put, you know, Braylon was primarily a slot receiver, but we could move Braylon around. We could put him in the backfield. We could put him outside. Charles, you're Char- yeah. Well, Braylon we did that oh, with. Okay. And okay. we can do the same thing with Charles. Yeah. Um, and we actually are. We're moving him all over the place. And he amazes me, too, because he doesn't know the meaning of half speed. He goes 100 miles an hour, which does a whole bunch of things. So it lets him make plays, but it teaches our younger guys, hey, this is how we practice at Oregon. And, um, you know, it's, I just look forward to being around that guy every day because he's, he's fun to watch practice. So after that, those guys who are returners, is there, would you? Well, we got, I mean, we got a lot of proven players coming back at, at those spots, and they can all intermix them. So Dwayne Stanford, Darren yeah. Carrington, Kurt Merritt played the slot. He can play outside. Uh, Dylan Mitchell is another freshman that's doing some good things that could work his way into the lineup. And all our running backs have the ability to play receiver. And you know, that's one of the unique things about our offense is just when you're a tailback, I mean, we can put Roy Freeman in the slot, Todd Griffin, Tony James, and you have to know all the passing concepts. And so those guys those guys have done a good job trying to embrace that so they can get on the field. You feel like a kid in a candy store. We got a lot of options. You know, we got a lot of good tight ends too. And it's a, it's, it's a, it's a great thing as a coach. Uh, the best thing to motivate guys since I've been in this business is, is competition and playing time. And, you know, we, we've talked about this, challenging the whole offense. If our best personnel group is four wides, we'll be four wides. If our best personnel group is two backs, we'll be two backs. And, or it could be two tight ends. And so, you know, that's – and that competition, that mindset is making everyone else better because they got to compete with their own position to get on the field. And as a coach, yeah, you're white. There's, there's a lot of weapons, and it makes it fun. Royce Freeman, Charles Nelson, Darren Carrington, Dwayne Stanford. The list goes on and on and on. How could he not be excited for the offense with all those guys who just need a little bit of space in the open field and then boom, six points on the board. So defensive coordinator Brady Hoke installing his new 4-3 defense while Matt Lubick keeps the engine churning on an already high-powered Offense, And you'll have the opportunity to see how both are coming along during the spring game, which is again on Saturday, April 30th at 11 a.m. from Autzen Stadium. We'll also have coverage on the radio beginning at 10 a.m. on the Oregon IMG Sports Network with the whole cast and crew, Jerry, Jorgie, Terry, and Joey. Hope you enjoyed our second Oregon Spring Football Podcast. Join us again next week. Until then... I'm Chase Morgan. Go Ducks! You've been listening to the Oregon Spring Football Podcast on the Oregon IMG Sports Network. A special thanks to University of Oregon Athletics Director Rob Mullins. The Oregon Spring Football Podcast is an exclusive presentation of IMG, America's home for college sports.